The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 51 of the MX Vice Show podcast. We are deep into the off-season now, but a lot has happened in the last week. We have the Leah Ask Vice Anything segment, the Planet Motor Bombshell of the week, and the Even Strokes Are You Smarter Than a Bird game to do over the next few hours. We will talk about the latest rider moves and do a bit on the 2020 MXGP as well. The MX Vice Show podcast is brought to you by Fly Racing, Leah, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parks, Technical Touch, Instant, KYB, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Taiwan Engineering. First part of the MX Vice show is presented by Fly Racing, the creators of the extremely impressive Formula Helmet. And as you know, we gave away one to uh, Carl uh, last week. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's Overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayan technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. Visit Formula. Flyracing.com for more information. In the studio with me is Rob from Jukebox Beats, who produces this uh, weekly show. And on the line is MX Vice Editor Lewis Phillips. Hey, Lewis. Hey, hi. Hi. Uh, deep into uh, deep into the off season, how are you? How are you coping with this? Um, I'm not having a very good week. Okay, it's hitting me a bit. Um. Do you feel you're kind of like in the ether a little bit, kind of between places? I'm struggling a bit lost. with woods and the trees at the moment. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm extremely nervous because obviously the borders are still closed to America. Um, and you do like your California holiday in January, don't you? I, I, honestly, if I'm not in, well, I'll be in Texas this time around. Um, oh, damn, yeah. They still yeah. got a Chipotle there, so you're all, you're all yeah, good. If I'm not in Texas in January, then this podcast might be a little sombre i think i'd like to go to texas in january texas I've, I've to be honest with you i've got airbnbs lined up i've got an airbnb in indianapolis which is the fourth fifth and sixth round um that is a four minute walk from the stadium ideal and also an eight minute walk from the biggest mall in indianapolis so my week is sorted I just need to get in the country. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you should probably look for an extra room. I might come out for a week. Well, um, if I'm in America, I'm afraid I'm already sharing an Airbnb with someone else. So. Oh, oh, is this is this Max Anstey? Yeah. So you, unfortunately, I've, I'm already booked. 
That's fine. That's fine. Um, I'll, I'll make my own arrangements. Maybe myself in uh, Jukebox Beats will come out. Yeah. Um... We'll have a little even strokes vacation. On, uh, on this subject, genuine question to the many American listeners of this podcast. We actually have more American people than we do from any other country. Um, has anyone heard anything about the borders opening? Because I'm Googling it every day and expecting to see like some kind of quote or update or and it, like no one the, the last thing that anyone wrote was October the 5th about like when the borders are gonna open. Now I do I have heard, I've done some deep deep research on this. I have heard that it is possible to fly from England to Mexico, spend uh, 14 days in Mexico, then fly from Mexico to LA and they will then let you into the country. But that is an unofficial route and I'm a bit nervous to do that because it seems a little on the sketchy side. Yes, it's kind of a long way to go. Um, And if you get it wrong. (laughs) Like if I'm 14 days deep into a trip and then not even let into America, it'd be a bit pointless, wouldn't it? But at least you have like a nice sort of break in Cancun. I can recommend that. It's, it's, Cancun it's nice. or Cabo. I've been looking at both. Ah, perfect. There yeah. we go. But yeah, no, just fingers crossed. Um, to be honest, I'm starting to get a bit excited about Supercross again. What are you more excited about? Uh, see Millie again or Supercross? Just America in general. See America in general. Just the didn't didn't oh, really answer that question. The the leaving LAX airport, I can picture it right now. The roads, the buildings, the lights. Because whenever you land from America, from England, it's always pitch black. For some, I don't know how that works, but somehow the flight always lands in the evening. The lights, the traffic. I like the traffic. Everyone complains about the California traffic. It just seems like an active place to me. It's <laughs> just so fucking weird, honestly. Like, it is built. Ah, oh, just what a place. And I'm sure Texas and Indianapolis will be just as good. Texas is a is a, a cool place. I I, I want to go to Austin. I think I said it before on the show. I definitely want to go to Austin. So if I can if I can do both, that'd be great. After a lot of research, if I can get into the country, which is really the only thing stopping me at this point, my provisional plan is. I would go before New Year's Eve. You've put a plan together already. Okay. I would go before New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to find the new schedule. Uh, I would go before New Year's Eve and then uh, go to Texas to do the first three rounds, then straight to Indianapolis to do the uh, following three rounds. Then I would go back to California for the weekend off. And then that would actually be the time I would normally leave California. But instead, I would double down and drive to Arizona for the next triple header, round seven, eight, and nine, which takes me to February the 28th. And then I would leave California roughly uh, March the 1st, do a connection in Florida, then that weekend go to the Daytona Supercross, and then fly home. Just in time for the Hawkstone International on March the 14th. Yeah. Um, This is a shout out to any any potential sponsors out there. After listening to uh, Lewis's plan, we really need you to get on board um, as we probably need to put another £20,000 into the bank to make this happen. Sorry? I've got free accommodation. You've got free accommodation? Yeah, in California, so it's no stress. Oh, okay. Uh, Maybe maybe just uh, one extra sponsor then would be great. 
Yeah, that's like that's what I mean. There's literally no stress on me going to America this year. I just need the borders to open. Okay, well maybe. Well, you know. Maybe we should need to get to like smuggle you in or something. I feel like it's a type. I feel like they, have I you thought like about America, going to Mexico and going over under one of those tunnels or something? I feel like America have forgotten that the borders are shut. Like I feel like if I tweeted Donald Trump now and said, "Um, hello, Donald, when are you planning to open the borders, please?" He'd like read it and be like, "Shit, are they still shut? Fuck, shit. Oh, oh God, I thought we opened those ages ago." And then just click a button and then we'll be let in. Yeah, I think he's got more things to worry about than you. Um, a lot's happened this week, silly season-wise. To be honest, I don't care anymore. My mind's firmly on America now. <laughs> um, there's one. Uh, there's one move in silly season, which uh, has kind of surprised quite a few people. Um, do you want to talk about what that is? I, I mean, that, I, I don't know. We seem to have this... I think I pointed this problem out last time. I'm not in your head. I don't know what you consider to be the one surprising move of the last week. Like, I'm not inside of your head, so unfortunately I can't take the lead. Okay. I need you to finish your sentence. So, so out of all the moves what's been announced a silly season this week, what do you feel is... Obviously, you've got an array of, of surprises then, or... Um, you know, potential moves. So let's let's. What what's the one that comes to your, you know, what what comes well, into your mind? The biggest would be Guadagnini. That's like the biggest, obviously, with factory KTM. The one that irks me the most is the fact that Dylan Walsh didn't get a GP ride. Um, and then um, the out of left field would be one one four's liner, which is oh sorry um. Ruben Fernandez and Joel Rizzi, of all people. Wow, that is your Planet Moto bombshell of the week. All the factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Moto holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. There's even a Planet Moto Academy running now, which is perfect to prepare for the 2021 racing season. Visit their site or social media at Planet Moto Holidays for more. Jesus Christ, that was hard to get that bombshell of the week out of you. Um, Joel Rizzi, 114. On the Planet Moto note, I'm actually uh, doing a feature with the Planet Moto guys, which will be on MX Vice probably in the next week or so. Oh, very cool. Yeah. But yeah, big, big move, hey, 114, for a 16-year-old yeah, yeah, yeah. kid. I'm, obviously, everyone knew that Fernandez was going there for a long time. And what's funny... So Malkowicz has... Well, actually, there's a lot to get to it. So Malkowicz has obviously been dropped. And on... So, and everyone knew that Fernandez was having one of the spots. And on the night of the last round, I walked past Malkowicz and I said, Malkowicz? It's actually which Malkowicz. Um, and I said to him, oh, are you 100% out of 114? And he was like, yeah, they've signed Fernandez and... And he said a name that I didn't recognise. And I was like, who the f-? And I was like, oh, right. And I walked away and I was like, who the fuck was that? And now, looking back, I guess he said Joel Rizzi. And I just didn't know because obviously my mind was not ever going to pick up that as a potential option. Wow. But you're going to speak to um, Joel and uh, Livy this week, aren't you? Just to find out what the backstory is. Yeah, I was how it's coming back. you and Joel this morning, but you moved the podcast. So I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for that. Now, but yeah, hi, peace. Um, 
I'm, I'm working on it, working on it. But what, what, what do you think about this? Obviously, it's good to have a... I don't want a, to be dramatic, but Joe Rizzi is either going to make British motocross great again, speaking of Donald, or kill it. Kill it? What, what do you mean? Because, so think of this as like, okay, so what happened with um, Mitch Evans came over for 114 and did well. What happened on the back of that? Malkowicz and Crawford both got rides in GPs because everyone thought, well, if this Australian kid's good, there must be others. At the moment, no GP teams outside of the British ones, obviously, are looking at British talent. No one cares. No one is even looking at MXY2 results, British Championship results, MX Nationals results. No one cares. So if Rizzy kills it, other teams will suddenly go, huh, I wonder what else is happening in Britain then? Because no one, like, there must be other riders like Rizzy. Or if he crashes and burns, then everyone will go, yeah, we were right not to look in Britain. So, and then that'll be it. Like the path, the borders. It's not like I'm tying all this over. The borders from Britain to GPs will be closed. Wow. Thanks for that analysis. You're a bit chirpy today, aren't you? Do you not think that's the case? Uh, I think it's bit over the top dramatic no it's happened um, we've seen it look at the australia effect you've created the australia effect no one else was even talking about it you are the australian effect no, that's true that's what happened you you think that bailey malkowich and nathan crawford would have got rides in gps had mitch evans not killed it not a chance i don't think not a chance and also well done to Bailey Malkovich, because I now call him by his actual name instead of Mike Wazowski. I don't know when that happened, but it's clear. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of the second biggest bombshell of the week. Yeah, that's like me. that means he's gained my acceptance and my respect. Wow. So basically, you either call people by their wrong names or you create a nickname until you respect, you respect them. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but no, I genuinely believe that's the case. 100% I believe that's the case. So... People are going to either, if Rizzy kills it, like absolutely smashes expectations, I genuinely think other teams will then start to look at what's going on in Britain. But, like, best way to put it, if Rizzy kills it, it will be much easier for Bobby Bruce to get into GPs. If Rizzy doesn't kill it, it will make it harder. Aside from taking the route in with an RFX or a Hitachi or a DRT, like a British team. Obviously, those won't. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you have any thoughts? No, I, I, I was actually really surprised at how young he is. I, I, he seems to have been bubbling around for a little while, and I can't believe he's still only sixteen. So it'll be interesting to do. It's a lot of pressure, you know, for a sixteen-year-old to go in, uh, you know, into MX2. But the other way of looking at, it, he's got seven years. Uh, of being in that class. Well, so, I heard it was a multi-year deal as well. I'm not sure on that. I haven't confirmed it, but I have heard it's multi-year. So that takes away some pressure. Yeah, I think the whole the whole deal and how it's coming about is, is I'm super interested in to to understand him. You know everything behind the scenes. So um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to find out a little bit more. But you know, hundred percent, you know. Uh, great move for him, and uh, I look forward to uh, to watching his development over the next few years. Another little interesting thing that popped into my head: um, one one four. This will be one one four's fourth season in GPs. 
they've never had a rider stick around for longer than a season. First year, Lawrence and Vassen. Second year, Evans and Pichon. This year, Malkowicz and Crawford. Next year, Fernandez and Rizzi. Yeah, yeah they, they, they like to clear house. Yeah, just like rare to see that much change under one awning. Like, not one rider has stuck around longer than 12 months. Obviously, in some cases, that wasn't um, like uh, Lawrence went to America, so that was always a plan. But Malkowicz could have been re signed and developed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, obviously, hopefully they see Rizzi as a, a long-term project. Well, yeah, I need, to figure, I need to figure out if it's actually a multi-year deal, but I, that's what I was, I heard through the grapevine from an unofficial source. I think it's it'll be quite nice for Rizzi as well because the expectation is going to be firmly on the shoulders of Fernandez, given his performances this year. I'd imagine that no one, like, I'd imagine ex- in the nicest possible way, expectations are going to be very low. And um, and Rizzi's going to be based in France. He's going to be working with uh, Sorby, um, I presume. I so think. he's going to have. Um, sorry, I would think so, unless Sorby's been sacked. Yeah. Yes. No, I, no, I think that uh, hopefully that deal's deal's continuing. So um, he's he's it's going to be it's going to be a huge huge move for him. It's going to be. Uh, Obviously, he's going to ride a selection of tracks uh, in France. We we know that where Livy's based is there's at least ten tracks uh, around where they're going to be staying. It's all going to be good experience. I'm guessing he's going to be riding the French Championship, like sort of certain rounds. Uh, probably will do the uh, Italian Championship at the start. I think they tend to do with Garibaldi. So it'll be um, it'll be a really interesting season for him. It'll be a, a huge learning curve and a shot in the arm because. Um... Before this, it looked like there may only be Muse as an MX2 rider, a uh, British MX2 rider. But now, obviously, there's uh, Muse, Rizzi, and there will be Taylor Hamill, whenever that gets announced. Yeah, so that's good. That's uh, it's good to see. Good to see for for not that everybody's British who listens to this show, as you've just said, as um, our biggest audience is America. But um, it's good to see for, for British motocross that there, um, yeah, there is a, a, a glimmer of hope. Speaking um, people outside of Britain. Uh, I have been inundated with tweets, messages asking who the hell this person is. Because obviously, if you're outside of Britain, you never would have heard of him. Aside from if you've got a link. Um, And a lot of people were like, well, how come it's a surprise? Like, EMX riders move up all the time. I don't like, people were like, I don't understand. But um, Rizzy dealt with a virus in the second half of this year, but he didn't actually finish in the top 10 in any EMX 250 motos that he did. And he did do the first round of EMX 125 because he kind of flirted between the two classes. And at the first round of EMX 125s this year, he was 14th overall with a 9th and a DNF. So for, from those results to straight into MX2 is a shock and is a rapid mover forward. But also, I am... Um, I think it's fine to do that if you've got if he's got a multi-year deal. There's no reason not to because you've got the safety net and the support around you. Obviously, if he's on a one-year deal, then shh, Jesus, it's a bit scary of a move because like it's kind of boom or bust. But if he is on a multi-year deal, as I have heard, then there's no. I don't think there's any problem with fast track into MX2, similar to what Katie Wolf's done. Yeah. So that's good. Positive um, news for 114, positive news for Joel Rizzi. We, we kind of heard about a Guadagini 
um, news. Uh, was it a month ago? Six weeks ago? Uh, Mantua, I got told. Two months ago. Over two months. Jesus, two and a half months ago. Honestly, yeah. I've been waiting for this email for... I actually messaged Guardianini on the morning it was announced randomly and put and just messaged him and said, when the hell are they announcing it? And then it turned out to be like two hours later. But, um, yeah, Jesus. Like, how long do we have to wait for the email? This what, a lot of people Do, do we know I, why there was such a delay? And when no, we... There's always sponsor things and when, like, there's, like, there's no rule on when, they can, when it has to be announced, is there? Like, just, like, if I had to, if I'd heard of it, if I'd only heard of it two weeks ago, I wouldn't have thought it was being announced that late. But um, when I, in Mantova, when I tweeted that I'd learned about a very surprising silly season move that I couldn't talk about, it was this. Because yeah. now, that I've, now that it's had two and a half months to set in, it kind of makes sense. But at the time, when I randomly got told that Guadagnini was going to Rebel KTM, I did not expect it in the slightest. I um, I think this, now, now that it's announced and we can talk about it, I, this is one of the most exciting um, moves easily of the year, I think. Um, uh, his potential and pairing with that bike um, is really exciting. I think he could be a real dark horse next year. I, he's a good rider. Again, though, like the Joel Rizzi thing, I'm kind of figuring out that not many people have even heard of him. Which is nuts because the kid's so stylish on a bike. Well, really good yeah, at social media. Nuts, but as I will get into later when I reveal what's grind my gears this week or ground my gears, what's ground my gears this week, um, I'll get into this. But um, yeah, but based on his recent form in EMX two fifty, he won what eight motos in a row. Like, so he's clearly deserving of a step up similar to this. But the most interesting thing is he is the first big guy to get on a KTM 250 in quite a while. Yeah, you discussed this. And, and what are your thoughts on this? Because obviously um, Prado and, and Viao were obviously, uh, you know, smaller. Well, but do you Prado, think... He... Viao and even Hoffer. So like, all, everyone talks about the KTM hole shots, but those riders are best suited to use the power in the Red Bull KTM. And I know that a lot of other teams are very interested to see if Guadagnini gets the same starts as his teammates inevitably will. Because this is like the first test. I guess the last bigger guy who KTM had on their 250 was Herlins. But he's yeah. exactly the biggest. Like, Guadagnini is lanky and tall and like massive compared to... I'd imagine Guadagnini will be one of the biggest riders in MX2 next year. I can't think of anyone who's bigger than him tall t- uh, height wise well Ferrato's bigger than him but not height wise um yeah I, I'm, I'm I'm really excited I, th- I think super talented um he ticks all the boxes you know he, he, he must be a sponsor's dream and and I think um he's obviously got that will to win I really do think he's going to shake that class up. And I think it'll be really interesting to see what his preseason results are like when he's riding or racing against um, some of his competitors. I know, obviously, it's still preseason, but it'll be, it'll be interesting. We've seen, obviously, a um, glimpse of it this year. But I, I, do, I, do, I am excited by um, his presence on that bike in that class. 
I would imagine he wins the GP next year. Yeah, I mean, wow. it, it, as I crazy as that sounds, I don't think that's a, a you know far fetched. No, no, actually, I don't. I've changed my mind. No, I don't. I, I think now you've got Gersh, you've got Renault, you've got B. Like, there's a lot of riders to go through for him to win a GP. Yeah, but we've seen that. We've seen that this year. You know, it's. I, I think. I think next year is, is still going to be. Um, I still. I think we're going to have multiple winners next year. Oh yeah, we're going to have multiple winners, but. That's what I'm saying. There's a big group that I would put ahead of Guadagnini to win a GP. Yeah, we, I know, but I, I still think that by the end of the, by the end of the year, he, he he'll definitely have a moto win. Oh yeah, I was talking overall. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I still think he'd probably grab an overall. I think I'd put Beniston ahead of him to win an overall. Nah. But that's an odd. But then I don't really know how I look at those two because I'm kind of being influenced by the fact that Beniston won the EMX 250 Championship. But I would arguably argue that Guadagnini was a better rider. Yeah. Towards the end, not, not at the beginning, but in the second half, Guadagnini really um, figured out the KTM thing. And he's another one. Uh, like Kate Wolf, Guadagnini's only had one year in EMX 250. He was EMX 125 champion uh year before this, 2019. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rapid rise. And, and the fact that he, he won 125... Very, very good on the, in the EMX 250. Should you know, was very close to winning the championship. Um, and now we see him in MX2. It's it wouldn't, it, you know, and you've already said about his size. I mean, I think he's going to be super exciting in MX2, but again, he's got that build for, for the 450. You know, with what he's won, he's he's definitely in the same mold as um, a geyser and a Kuroli. Well, um. Uh, also interested about this move is uh, Guadagnini will be the only MX2 rider on the Ducali side of the awning. So he'll be Caroli and Prado's teammate. So he won't actually ride with Vial and Hoffa that much, if at all. No. But, but I mean... Team photo shoot, they won't really interact. No, but when you, when you just mention those riders that he's going to be riding with, I mean, he's just going to come on leaps and bangs. Although he's really good at the moment, with having those two riders around him and riding with him, you know, it's it's going to be scary about how how good he could be next year. Yeah, it's, it's not, a strong move. He'll be good. I'm, I, not, I, I, I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan for the last you know two or three years. So um, for me, I'm excited about it because it's he he's going to be on the best bike. Let's face it. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what he's going to do. He'll be he'll be good. I'm not I'm not head over heels thinking that he'll be amazing. He'll be he'll be good though. He'll more than justify having that ride. I'm sure. Yeah, I think he'll I think he'll he's definitely gonna surprise quite a few people if 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 they haven't got the same um perception as me. If you're wondering who he is and, and what he's gonna do, he, he he's gonna do some damage next year. I always wonder whether I should do like I was thinking about this yesterday. I was wondering if I should do a feature saying, like, who is Guadagnini? Who is Joel Rizzi? But I'm not sure if anyone... I'm, sure, I'm not sure if the people who don't know care enough to know. Do you get what I mean? I think it would help. I think having a bit of a history about the rider and about who they are and stuff like that would be quite cool. I don't think people are going to want to know about Guadagnini until they have to know, if that makes sense. Like, after he wins his first GP, I'm sure then people will be like, well, where's he come from? 
But right now, I don't think anyone actually feels like they need to care because they haven't been proven that they need to care yet. Takes me on to my, uh, into a frustration of mine that um, we should have had the vault up and running um, on MX Vice by now, but we got a few complications. So um, that's the perfect place for who these guys are when you can actually see all their results, uh, have all their background information, uh, links to social. So we hopefully will have that up and going for the new year. That's the the thing what we're working on at the moment over on, on mxvice.com. Oh, is it? Yeah. So it's uh, I, I'm working in the background on um, that new feature. So basically, it's a Wikipedia of every single rider um, uh, around the world, every single result, every championship. Uh, even MX, uh, even the GPs going back to like 1953, we've got all the results for. And then it's just going to take a while to build all those um, profiles out of every single rider. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that one. I think it's going to be um, a really great addition to uh, to MX Vice. Obviously, it's going to be heavily influenced by um, by Lewis once he gets his hands on it. But that's something that we're working on in the background. Um, so one one four Guadagini. What else do we have? Um, well, I actually gave you a list, but I don't have a list in front of me. Um, random little one that's not even really worth talking about. I think Rubini is going to be back on Asamoa. Rubini back? Oh, okay. So, um... I was talking yeah, about to Marchetti, but he posted an Insta... I heard rumblings that he might be back there. And then he posted an Instagram story yesterday of his first day of testing for 2021, and it looks like he's on an Asamoa Honda. So... Well... On last week's show, we talked about that um, a lot of the Honda teams literally were still up in the air. Well, no, and no, not no in the air, just cleaning house. Yeah, the cleaning house, but also riders not announced. And we've obviously got JM Honda, Honda SR, um, which have been announced now, and we're obviously 114. So that's three of them. We know that JWR still haven't announced any riders, I don't think. Um, but JM Honda, they've obviously cleaned house. And who have they gone with, Liz? Uh, Jacoby and Chervenen. Okay, so that's two strong riders. Do you think that Jacoby and Chervelin is stronger than Patrell and Lieber, who they started 2019 with? Or I would say... A step up or a step down? I think Jacoby's a step up. But on an average, I feel like across two riders, it was stronger at the start of 2019. Well, Li- Libra, we've seen what Libra done on the Kawasaki, and obviously he was, he was doing really, it's a real obviously shame he's obviously not riding anymore, but um, he, he was a top 10 guy. So um, I, I do think that uh, Trevlin, I think he'll, he'll do really, really well. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's the same. I, I think Jacoby, that was his first year on a 450. Um, sometimes, you know, some people struggle, some people adapt quite quickly. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I think um, it'll be the, the worrying thing is if they don't do it next year. Well, the one positive that both Jacoby and Chervin have from this year is Matley. Uh, Jacoby was ninth overall and Chervin was 13th. They both didn't really match that again. But if they can both do that consistently, which in fairness, they should do because you're losing to Sal and you're losing Paul Land. So. There's no reason why they can't at least match that. Um, yeah. Then that would be a solid team for Jackie Martins. However, I'm taking Walsh over Chervelin all day. 
like all day. Well, we we do know you're a Walsh fan. No, I'm not. A, it's not that I'm a Walsh fan. It's the sh- sheer um, common sense of it. Like, okay. I'm not saying I'd take Walsh over Jacoby. I'd take Jacoby over Walsh, but I feel like Walsh is a better rider than Chamberlain. And then why, why you... history with the team from this year, I feel like I would have given him that second spot. Do you, do you think there's a financial incentive with um, sponsors they bring with either of them? Do you no, think that's Chamberlain, why... Chamberlain, neither rider brings money or sponsors. Okay, I thought um, uh, Trivelin had some sort of link to uh, the Italian police or something like that. Yeah, the Italian police, but that's nothing to do with bringing support to a team. That's just a personal thing, isn't it? Like, okay. I've never actually got to the bottom of how that works. It's something like in the off-season, Lupino, Trivelin, etc., have to work as a policeman in Italy, and then in return, the Italian government do something? Like... You're a journalist. Yeah, I've never got to the bottom of how it works because the only people that really truly know are Italian and they don't really speak very good English. It's something <laughs> it is something like great excuse. It is something like that's why in that's why at the Italian GPs, uh Lupino and Chervelin are always wearing a purple jersey. It's like the Ital- Italian police jersey. Yeah. And again, I'm not really sure what the point of that is. Well, if they're getting supported, I don't understand how it works or what the point is. Maybe that's a great conversation for you to have with Lorenzo. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really clear on it. But as far as I know, it's something like a workers' policeman in the off season for like four months a year or something, and then in return, that means that the Italian government do something for them. Maybe they give them a bit of cash throughout the year, like as a Lower to like a furlough type. I don't know. I don't know. I'll find out for now. I'll I'll set. I'll write that down now, and next week I'll come back with information. Cool. Okay. Well, that is uh, part one or the first part of uh, the MX Vice Show podcast, uh, episode fifty-one, which is sounds crazy. Um, fifty-one episodes. Wow. So, fly racing is redefined expectations and safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Big thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko York, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. While we take a break, head over to evenstrokes.com where all the Black Friday offers are currently on. Some extra offers will be available Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. That's evenstrokes.com. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. 
Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 51 of the MX Vice Show podcast. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in EMX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the EMX GP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar which provides more front-wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Seaware and Ben Watson and soon James Burfield. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen factory hyphen kit hyphen suspension hyphen info for more information. You heard it here. The Burfmeister will be getting some factory A-kit suspension. How fucking cool is that? I don't know if I imagined it, but I felt like you shouted that at me. Like, Did I? It's because a little bit of excitement crept in. The only thing which I am a little bit worried about, though, is um, the fact that if I have to go to uh, Belgium to um, obviously get it set up and they expect me to ride around Lommel. Like, I-, I was kind of thinking maybe they just send it out and-, and then I get someone to fit it and then I could go around Cheddar. Because the thought of going around Lommel, um, for someone who doesn't really ride in sand, I would just want to make sure that there's no video cameras there. Or anybody. Video cameras there. And if there are, I doubt they'll be on you. It would be an absolute shit show. Just like, I don't even know if I'd be able to go from one corner to another. Uh, I'm sure it'd be flat. Actually, I think Lommel's shut at the moment. That's even better. I think someone said That's that even better. shut because of quarantine, uh, not quarantine, because of um, uh, lockdown COVID. in Belgium. Okay, that's all right then. So, um, yeah, um, fantastic. Uh, big shout out to Scott at Technical Touch, who's um, sorted me out a fantastic, fantastic deal um, on the KYB suspension, and I am looking forward to it. And I've already signed up to uh, Corsham Schoolboy Scramble Club, where I will be in the, the 45 plus group next year. 
I've actually made it to 45 plus, which Are I'm pretty proud about. Going to GPs next year? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm going to go to a couple of GPs as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm booking hotels this weekend, so I just wanted to know if, um, if I should consider yeah. you. Yes, please consider me. Um, you know the usual ones I like to go to? Yeah, I'll make sure I book you a room. Yeah, Trentino, so I can have my pizza on the lake. They're not on the calendar at the moment, but... Motherfuckers. One job they had. One yeah, job. Trentino will be the second round, but it's not actually on their calendar. Well, let's hope they pull that out. That could be Planet Motor bombshell a week. All the factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Moto holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. There's even a Planet Moto Academy running now, which is perfect to prepare for 2021 racing season. Visit their site or social media at Planet Moto Holidays for more. That is a bombshell a week, no Trentino so far. What the hell? That's Trentino and no British GP. Well, there's no, there's no Italian track at all on the schedule at the moment. I think they should just take out Russia and put in Trentino in, in the UK. No one really wants to go to Russia. I like Russia. I like Russian people. But let's not travel there. Apparently, the second Russia round, this Agora Drive place, is supposed to be, like, unreal. Apparently. I have no, really? I have no interest in other sports, so what? I don't know. But Hang on, hang on. Hang on a minute. What do you mean by unreal? Are you talking about shopping malls or are you talking about a track? Apparently, just like the facilities of it, like because um, I googled it yesterday, Igora Drive is a motorsport complex in the resort of Igora near Sosnovo in Pirovsky district, Linongard Oblast, Vosha. Oh um, yeah, I know, I know it well. You, you're really selling it. But apparently, hello, uh, it was opened in 2019, so apparently it's just a brand new motorsport complex. But I don't know what that means. It has. I, oh, I take it back. I like the sound of this already. It looks like, I'm guessing it's going to be doing MotoGP and stuff. It says, um, it's got a road race track, obviously. I don't know if that's, I don't know if, a motor, if there's a motocross track next to it or whatever. But um, it says on their website, uh, one of the largest investors in this product is, in this project is billionaire Yuri Kovalchuk, the main owner of the Russia bank and a close ally of President Putin. Wow. Good work, Yuri. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this. It actually, it's got um, a score on it. It forms part of a wider sporting complex, which includes the Agora Ski Resort, reportedly a favourite winter location for the Russian president, that is. Wow. The, this could be... Are you bored or do you want me to keep going? Because I found No, 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 carry on. The Agora track has cost about 11 billion rubles, which is $192 million. I think that'd be ruble. Rubles, not rubbles? No, not rubbles. Not Barney rubbles. <laughs> they don't trade in stones. There's no word of motocross on it, so I'm not sure where the motocross track will go. But For uh, 11 billion, I'm guessing that they could probably just chuck a field in somewhere. Uh, well, there's a little bit of that. Uh, actually, I take that back. I've just found it on Google Maps. I think I see a motocross track. Wow. If this is the place, which I guess, why would they have... I guess, why wouldn't they have... Why would they have a different track on the website. Yeah, there's a motocross track here. Wow. There we go. Long. Obviously man-made. Uh, it's got multiple turns. A very long, fast straight. And it's even got a kids track. By oh no, oh, is that a supercross track? No, Russia doesn't have a supercross track. 
must be a kids track. But anyway, wow. it's near okay. St. Petersburg. Ooh. Am I likely Terrific. to be near St. Petersburg's? Or? Yeah, St. Petersburg's very nice. That's okay. definitely like one it. on the bucket list to, to uh, put me down for that one. Yeah, I'd like to go there. I could tick off St. Petersburg. And uh, maybe I'll get a little, uh, probably get a little cheap um, boat, to be honest. Go for a little cruise. Oh, here go we go. Nice little... The complex oh. includes 10 professional tracks, one for oval track, racing, one for drifting, one for rallycross, one for motocross, and one for karting. Oh, wow. Go karting as well. A permanent motocross track there. Who knew? Who knew? Live there on the podcast, go. I've just done some actual research. Well done. Yeah. Uh, journalist of the year. Thank you. Um, right. So, where are we? Do you want to do this game? Ah, <sighs> bollocks. Yeah, After go on then. I've made it easier. There are, there's one question on here that I almost took out because it's just ridiculously easy. Yeah, but uh, no, you shouldn't say things like that because I look even more of a dick no, if I get it wrong. If I look it in there, you need three out of five to pass, and there are three questions on here that a hundred percent you should get. Okay, question numero. Uh, oh. um, is 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 this brought to you brought brought to us by anybody? Is, is, does anybody sponsor this? I'm going to do, do that after the game. Okay. Uh, right, whatever. Yeah, just yeah. Some of us are trying to make some some money here to put yeah. to the grassroots motocross. Okay. So I'm just, um, yeah, I'm just going to do that after the game. Uh, okay. Question one: Joel Rizzi will race a Honda in MX2 next year. Who was the last British rider to race a Honda in the full MX2 World Championship? Hint: MX Vice was a thing at the time. Well, I'm I am kind of thinking Max. Anstey on a Garibald, Garibaldi Honda. Is that your final answer? Yes. Correct. Yes. See, easy. <laughs> I'm going to have to make it hard. Everyone's going to find this game very boring this week. Uh, question two. One of these tracks was on the 2020 MXGP calendar. Which one was it? Into Exandu, La Barneza, Thermo. Uh, what about the Axan Nanandu one? Into Nanandu? Like yeah, the one out of Star Wars. Is that your final answer? Yeah. That's correct? Oh! How boring is this game this week? Jesus. Oh, I think it's great. I think this is the level that we need to be at. Name the two Dutch riders who finished in the top 10 in the 2020 MXGP points. Coldenoff uh, and Bogers. That's also correct. <laughs> I'm on, oh. I'm on fire. <laughs> what year did Tommy Sell get his first podium in the MX2 World Championship? Uh, <laughs> this, is uh, still the, this is still quite easy, I thought. Um, I'm going to go 13. What year did Tommy Sell get his first podium in the MX2 World Championship? Um, Is 13 your final answer? Yeah, I can't think of another year. Six. Was it? He turned pro like seven years ago. He's fucking old as fuck, isn't he? Do you, wait, you seriously thought Tommy Sell was on the MX2 podium for the first time in 2013? 
Seven years ago. So you like where, so in the last seven years, he's somehow finished second in the MX2 World Championship three times, gone to America for two years, come back, done all of his MXGP career, all in the space of seven years. That's amazing. Um, final question, the easiest yeah. question I've ever done on this game. Right, okay. Name the 2015 MXGP World Champion. <laughs> uh Crowley. That's wrong. I almost took that question out because I thought it was so easy. Who was it? Ever. Oh, fuck's sake. I thought that was 16. No, that was 15 guys. It was 16. Crowley was 17. Helens was 18. That was the year of um, Villapota coming over. Yep. Bollocks. I always think that's 16. So that's disappointing. Yeah, so you passed because you got three out of five, but Jesus Christ, I'm going to make it harder than that in the future. Yeah, it's a bit shit that game. Quite boring. Like what? Like do you, do you now see the purpose, the value of earning something? Because you don't feel like you've earned that win, do you? No, no, no. I don't. So you, no. so you now understand that I test you because well, I care. Do you, Do you know why I knew the Dutch one? Because Hernandez was injured. No, oh. um, because uh, I was looking at. We were talking about surprises this year, and actually, I was pretty impressed with Bogus. Oh. So that's that's why. I, otherwise, I wouldn't have got that. Oh. So there we go. Well, thanks for that. Um, just in case you were wondering, this game, Are You Smarter Than a Burr, was presented by Even Strokes. What is Even Strokes? Evenstrokes.com is an online shop with a range of offers, special offers, with it being Black Friday, on Talon, Fox, Yoko, Crocs, and more. Be sure to visit www. Wait, is that too many www's? Evenstrokes.com for deals on products, especially seeing as Black Friday is just, well, by the time you listen to this, probably 24 hours away. There are already Black Friday deals on there, but the big blowout will be this Friday. That, were you happy not, with that? Not too, not, not, not too much of a big blowout. Let's not get brands worried that we're going to like do a 50% off. No, but that's when um, all the deals will be running. Am I not? Am I incorrect? Yeah. Like we have, um, at the moment, we've got the run up and we've got things like Motor Exit 20%. We've got Fox MX20 clearance on some of last year's kit. That's uh, got 20% off the sell items. So you can pick up goggles for like £25 in, in uh, kits, what were £200, now down to sort of 100 quid. So really good offers on, on those uh, items at the moment. Muck off, uh, there's 30% off of muck off um, throughout uh, basically the next week. And then this weekend, we've got uh, actually, I'll, I'll say the special announcement, Lewis, uh, just for you. Wait, what? what? Uh, there's a special announcement this, this week. So basically... Is that concerns me? No. So we want, we want to reward our customers because all the money that we get from Even Strokes basically goes into... MX Vice run MX Vice. It was the way that we 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 realized we were a bit short for advertising, so even strokes helps top that up. And also we can then invest in basically motocross, grassroots motocross, which we which we're doing. We're supporting sort of 25 different riders, five different clubs, uh, a couple of um national championships, but basically we're trying to support the pyramid structure. So on top of that, anybody who purchases over the four days, Black Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, one of those customers 
are going to walk away with a set of 600-pound Talon wheels for doing nothing other than purchasing. So we're going to do uh, a random uh, winner using your lovely randomizer, if we could have the sound on. Also, I'm and uh, we'll give... Does yeah, we're, we're going to need you just for your, your, for your um, for randomizer. But yeah, we're going to give away a £600 set of wheels for free. Uh, and plus, there's going to be some random drops. So there'll be some signed shirts. There'll be some, uh, some cool little uh, bits and pieces which are going to be dropped into orders. So whether it's a T-shirt or an extra pair of gloves and kit, stuff like that, it, we're going to make it really cool. A bit like Santa comes early. Comes early. So, um, yeah, that's cool. That's what's happening. And that's what we've been working on this week. What, um, what would you say the most interesting deal is? Well, there's kind of, kind of high-end items like uh, X-Trig and um, uh, Hinson, Yoshimura. They've all got 10% off uh, all weekend. I'm looking so, for a big deal than that. What can you provide with me? To, I'm looking for a bit more of a discount. Well, that, that is a big deal, Lewis. A lot of these, a lot of these products don't really get discounted by the well, brands. I guess, look at, I guess if you look at it, because they're an expensive item, 10% off of that is actually more of a discount than 20% off of a cheaper item. Or could yeah. be. Yeah, definitely. And uh, kit-wise, there's um, we, we're providing Yoko um, youth kit for, for 40 quid. So basically, your pants in, in, in shirt for, for your little nipper, 40 pounds. So usually it's 120 quid. We're selling them for 40 quid. So there's little bargains like that. But we're also doing things like, you wouldn't remember this, but back in the day, there was something called the um, Dirt Bike Show, but in Bristol. Yeah, I do remember the Dirt Bike Show. Was... What, can you remember it in Bristol? No. No? Okay, so in Bristol, you used to go there and you used to be able to just basically get like load of tires, load of oils, and you'd get some really good deals. So we're going to bring that back this weekend where we're going to do like a selection of oils, selection of tires, and heavily discounted. So you basically, you could purchase like, you know, the first four or five months of your oils uh, for, our, for, for next season, heavily discounted. So we're going to do these big Bristol dirt bike show, um, not hampers or anything like that. It sounds a bit corny for Christmas. But the whole idea is that uh, we're going to do these packages which people can buy. And um, heavily discounted, and it just makes motocross a bit more affordable into, into next year. And I don't actually ride motocross. Are there products for me? Uh, yes. We have got some, we've got some plastic dildos, which are retailing at $9.99, which you can spend oh, a lot yeah. of time with. I was, actually trying to, I was actually trying to help you there. And also, I wanted to see how good you were at your business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just gave you with everything, but I was interested if you could survive by yourself. Obviously, uh, I'm only joking. No, we have got, um, there, there's things I call the Fox casual wear. So we've got all the legacy hoodies. We've got the t-shirts. We've got the hats. Um, we've how got, do you just pinch for free? Do you know what? Out of everything, um, yeah, I've actually, you just walk in and pick up a hoodie and put it on. Like wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've literally took one hoodie. Um, that was last week, actually. The first item, I think, it was the first item I took. Wasn't it, Rob? No, Rob's shaking his head. I might I might have took some kit as well. Maybe did I take some kit? Yeah, he's shaking his head. Yeah, maybe I just accidentally randomly pick up a set of kit to wear when I go practicing. Um, but but I did pick up a hoodie the other day. But then I did buy because I had to test something out. So I bought a. Was it a t-shirt or something? I bought a t-shirt and some grips or something. 
I haven't you taken that. them. I didn't see that. Yeah. So I don't I don't steal um that much, really. I think I get I I got myself a, a set of Yoko kit and I want a set of box kit, but um I'm gonna have to wait until what's left after Black Friday, I think. Oh. So yeah. But we had a massive we had a like huge order of um Murtorex and Maxis today. So there's about ten grand's worth of oils in in tires which have just landed. And uh after Rob's uh, edited this uh, podcast show, he's going to be then back in the uh, the warehouse to um, to do that lovely job. Oh, can we talk about motocross now? Do it. Let's go. But you're the right. Home. Well, okay. Um, so a huge thank you to Even Strokes uh, for for that. And um, uh, we got Louis Kessel, Charlie Cole, um, Kay Grains, uh, and then we've got twenty five of our mid pack mafia riders that we're supporting next year. Along with, uh, I think it's SRH, Husfarna, LRT, uh, AMC 18. There's quite a few people that um, we're actually supporting next year. So interesting. People are interested. So MXGP MX2. I kind of talked about, I was quite surprised that given uh, Bogers is, you know, come from HRC to where he was this year, he got second in Mantova, which we know was in the mud. And the expectations were quite low because it was a, a bit of a disappointing season, obviously on the Honda. But I thought he'd done really well to bounce back this year to finish top 10. And also, it wasn't just that. It was the last seven or eight races, he just come to life. Now, one thing, do, do you think that was the um, factory engine, what we kind of got told that he's, he had a factory engine? Do you think that came as a latter part of the year or did he have that all year? No, I'm pretty sure that came like normal time. Okay, so do you think that 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 contributed towards his results? No, 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 no. The the, the field thinned out, but that's not to say he was bad before. Although, if you no. look at it, his results actually were quite bad before. <laughs> 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 like, real, wow! It, it goes to show how much there's a recency bias thing, doesn't it? Like, well, yeah, there's t- but he did have two temps earlier on in the year, so he was showing that he was a top ten rider. Yeah, scraping through, um, but no, he was better. He was better in the uh, final, not even the second half, in the final quarter of the year. Yeah, where it, you look at kind of someone like Vlanderen, um, in there, there wasn't really any recency bias, was there? Really, because he missed the last three rounds, so you can't. Yeah, but also he was putting in some some good results in like Latvia. Obviously, he had a ninth in Latvia. And um, in Italy as well, he finished, was it fifth or sixth, something like that? Yeah, so, uh, but i got to be honest, if somebody said Bogus finished in top 10 at the start of the year, for me, that would be a surprise. So whether it's a recency biased or whatever, Bogus finishing top, in the top 10 is definitely my, my biggest surprise in MXGP. I just didn't see that coming, especially with the, the depth of the field. Nothing, taking nothing away from Brian Bogus. The depth of the field in MXGP was crazy. Um, what, what's your point? Well, you I was... Chucked, you randomly chucked in a bogus uh, speech, and I'm struggling to understand the, con- the context. Uh, the context, as in my surprises for MXGP oh, and MX2. Your biggest surprise of the year? Yeah. Okay. Would you, would you like me to say my biggest surprise? Yeah, because it's going to be awesome because you've been thinking about it for about six well, I actually haven't. I'm looking at the points now. I'm not sure if I really have a surprise 
No, um, I think my surprise would be. I don't know if I have one in MXGP. Maybe guys. No, actually, actually, my Bogers one is quite good. But there isn't really much to pick from, surprise-wise. Maybe, maybe guys are being so much better than twenty-nine. Like same result, but so much better in every other way. Maybe I'd go for that. Yeah, got, I'd go for guys as not his end result, obviously, because it's the same as last year. So, but him, his actual riding and his actual speed and his like Lommel, like his Lommel speed and stuff like that. If you want me to pinpoint it, I'll say the guys are at the week of Lommel. Um, do, you, do you disappointment of twenty twenty in MXGP? I think I, I don't know. It's it's going to be quite. I mean, the e- the easiest person would be. Uh, Covington, because horrible, because he's retired and everything else. Just, just a horrific year. But I think my biggest disappointment, um, which I'm a big fan of this rider, so it's it's a hard one for me to say. Tonus, oh, because I I just think he's just, you know, to finish seventeenth over, like seventeenth in the in the in the points in the championship. Um, but he looked really good last year. So the fact that he looked good last year and we already know the potential of him, I, I don't know. I think he's, he, yeah, I think he would, he would be disappointed as well with his, um, the year he's had. What about yourself? That was, that was a very dad thing to say. I think he would be disappointed as well. <laughs> I think he would. I think he, he, he came into this year expecting, you know, to, to work on what he was. Um, I mean, we, we were really raving about him last year. And, and a, like you know how he's able to turn it around and stuff like that. I thought he would have gone from there and in, 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 in put the package together. He had a good package with obviously the factory Yamaha, had everything around him. Um, I think when you when you put that, he's a factory rider and finishes seventeenth overall in a championship. Is yeah, I think he he would feel like he had all the tools in in you know he just didn't get the results. Um, I think my disappointment would be. Um, I don't know why nothing's really jumping off the bat. Jumping off the bat. I think it's because of the injuries. The injuries kind of just made it so that there was, like, it all just was basically a game of attrition. Like, there's not, like, no result is really um, an actual result, if you get what I mean. Because, like, Herlins was 12th, but it was because of injury. And then, Her- like, so then that pumped people up, like, Bog- like and then they look, they look better because of that. Um, uh, I think I'll go for my disappointment as. Um, pass. What? <laughs> I can't think of anyone. You actually know. You want to know what my disappointment is? Yeah, because you—that is just so lame. My disappointment. What, is, what like, has happened to Lewis Phillips? If somebody could find Lewis Phillips, that'd be great. My disappointment would be that Sewer and Caroli were within eleven points of the red plate with seven rounds to go, and it just went south. It's not really not. It's not really the question. Really. No, no, that's my. That's the thing that if I look. That's back, a situation. That's not really a. No, because if I look back on twenty twenty MXGP, what disappointed me the most? I'm like, well, I reckon you've had an email this week, which is basically saying, Lewis, you've been a real dick lately. No, and, I, uh, someone told me that I'm being too nice. Really? I've told. I've said. I've told this story on a podcast many times. Someone told me in, in the paddock that I am Mister Nice. 
And I was like, well... You're Mr. Nice. Yeah, I've to- we've told this story on a podcast. We don't need to get into it. But yeah, I was told that. So maybe I need well, to... Well, I-, I thought you were joking when you said it before. Oh, no, I was being serious. Someone did tell me that. Oh. Yeah. They don't well, know you very well, do they? No. Yeah, I'll go for that as my disappointment. Because there isn't really much else that jumps off the page. If they want to know how nice you are, how many people have you got sacked from MX Vice? I have not got anyone sacked from MX Vice. <laughs> you know you have. I, you get them sacked, I get the blame. I, no, because no, 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 no. It's Mr. Not nice. I'm Mr. Nice. I'm like, you just don't, you, know, you do not play well with others. No, I play very well with others. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where we need to get Sean as a guest on the show one week. Because he's a very good neutral party. History of MXOS podcast? We could do a very... Sean is a very good neutral party. Or do you want to do... You, the say, one, you say one thing. Yeah, I don't mind doing the, 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 the history of MXOS. Right. I remember the last time we did it. Yeah, it went so well. You stormed off. You literally yeah, so off. pissed off. So pissed off. <laughs> you stormed off. We did two hours of recording and then you were just gone. <laughs> You you have like a very very like one sided memory. That is what happened. You were gone. Yeah, you have a one sided memory. I'm not saying I thought it was good. It was a shit show, but um, it was a fucking shit show. I'm not saying that it wasn't, but you did storm off. That's a fact. Yeah, I was so pissed off. Yeah. Well, what, congrats on making it this far into this show. Uh, I try. I try. Um, MX2. Go to MX2. Go to MX2. Okay, uh, right, let me call up MX2. You start this time. All right. Uh, my surprise would be I'm torn between Malkovich. No, because he didn't really deliver on the results front as much as I thought. But yeah, that's, a, that's a shit one. No, okay, I'd go for... Um, I, I would go for... I'd, oh, gifting, obviously. That's easy. What, bigger surprise? Yeah. That's, that's an easy one. Um, yeah, gifting. Um, number two would be um, Fernandez. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I really look at that as a surprise. <laughs> really? What, so thir- third round, Latvia, he, he basically gets, a, what, a third? I thought, yeah, but I thought you were talking about his ninth as like him being ninth in the championship. Yeah, well, I didn't have him down as top 10 in the championship. I, would, I, would, I didn't even have him down as top 15 in the championship well, this year. Yeah, but, I mean, Gifting got 12th and he missed the first eight rounds. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Gifting is, but that's an easy one. I'm just giving you another no, I wasn't one. Saying it, I was more saying it in the respect of, like, Gifting shouldn't have been able to miss eight rounds and finish 12th in the championship. Yeah, so, that's crazy. I'm also, I don't know what I'm getting at. Um, more than I don't know there were injuries and inconsistencies, which like, I, I consider gifting the threshold where below that you just have injuries and inconsistencies. And like there were effectively 12 riders who raced the full series pretty much. I think, um, do you think Baz Fassen would be a little bit pissed with his, um, you know, his results this year? No, because, so, well, yeah, but no, because so much, like, there was so much that went into it with his comeback, and then he should have been on the podium at Volkenswar, but his bike broke, and, like, that would have changed the way we looked at his season, so it wasn't... Because no, he's got it, huge potential, hasn't he? Yeah, but I don't really look at it as... He, it, he wasn't 15th in the championship because he was a 15th place rider, so... 
But if he, for, for someone like Baz, it wouldn't surprise me if in the first three GPs next year, he's top five. Oh, no, not, of course not. Well, like I say, no, so, so it's like, it's weird, isn't it, with these riders in this class, because there's a lot of riders, you, you wouldn't be shocked if they got top five. Um, but there again, sometimes they're 15th to 20th. So it's like, I mean, that, that just shows you the depth of the class. But for me, Fernandez was, was my, my biggest surprise outside of gifting. Gifting was just ridiculous. Um, Fernandez was, was up there um, behind gifting. Just because I, I, I just did not see that one coming. And, and to be like third round in and go third, I think it's incredible. Um, third in a motor. Whatever, and yes. Third but, round in was August. Yeah, but there were... It's not like were, round in April and it just started. Like, he did like a crash and there was inclinations that he, he, he was... He, he got the starts. He was running like fourth, fifth. Um, he was there or thereabouts, but silly mistakes cost him. I think if he had not had those silly mistakes, then it would be a completely different picture. But I've got to be honest, Fernandez is, yeah, second to, to Gifting, I think, I think bigger surprise. Disappointment? Um... Similar to MXGP, I would be tempted to go with Gertz was right in the title fight and then wasn't very quickly. Just exploded, yeah. Just like, imploded. Faenza, he was like, it was real, or going into Fienza, it was real, like, too close to call. Yeah. And then it very quickly wasn't. Um, I feel like Moostike got the bad end of the stick because he got on the podium in Turkey last year. I think immediately a lot of people had very, very high expectations. And you know what? He even told me that in Trentino. Because I said to him, I was like, do you almost feel like the Turkey podium was the worst thing that could have happened? And he was like, yeah, I can see where like, it did. Because think about it. Everyone was talking about Moustike in the off-season going into 2020. Had that Turkey podium not happened, would they have been? Probably not as much. Yeah. But everyone thought, well, he got on the podium as a part-time MX2 rider. So imagine what he'll do in 2020. But then... Obviously, the first two rounds didn't go well for him. But then, if, if you look at what he'd done in Latvia and the second lot of Italian races, that was, that was very consistent, good for him. Um, he was up there. Is, is that a case of uh, an, an inclination of what we can see uh, him doing next year again? Do, do you think he's going to improve on the seventh next year? Oh, he'll, yeah, sure. He'll, he'll, no, he'll, he'll be way higher than the seventh. First of all, you're taking Olsen and Watson out of it. So Which will take him up to fifth. Riders. But no, he'll be, he'll be in the third, fourth mix next year. 100%. Yeah. But then you add Guadagini in. You add... No, then, no you can't compare those two. Moustike, you're shortchanging Moustike at that point. Okay. Moustike is ahead of all of those riders. And we've seen what Gifting has been able uh, to do yeah, this Moustike, year. Moustike's different category to Gifting. Like you can't. That's that's that is bad play on your okay. part. And then I'd add in Boarami as well. I don't. I still don't know. I was I was very unsure on Boarami at the start of the year, and I still am now. And I don't know why. I just don't know what his ceiling is really. And we got Harrop, who who went third overall in the UK, and then um, went a little bit downhill from there, and then obviously was injured. So they're, they're all these riders. Again, it just makes next year look amazing. It's um, just going to be so good. Do you want to know what word you use a lot on the podcast? What? Inclination. Inclination? 
Yeah, you say it a lot, and I've never heard you say it not on a podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, just interesting. Huh. Uh, disappointment in MX2, or did we do that? No, we did that. Um, no, we didn't. Yeah, we did. You didn't. I did. You need to do yours. Well, I kind of agree with you with the 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 Gertz imploding. Um, Only because but, I wanted like both classes. It seems like, super oh, fucking harsh. It seems the fact that we're saying biggest disappointment is he got second. Yeah, but no, but I'm not saying his result. I'm more saying the fact that I thought we were on for the mother of all title fights, and it just went like it. It went from that to a foregone conclusion insanely fast. Yeah. Like, it's hard to say disappointment, I've got to be honest, in MX2. I mean, the, the Gertz thing, I was just, I agree with you. Like, the, the fact, how many points were they separated? One, it, one, it, well, one point, it was, was it going into... Wait every week. Was it going into Spain? Was no, that... it was already done at that point. Um. It, I believe Fienza, the Fienza, I believe the second Fienza was when... That's right. Uh, it was, yeah, I can see. A, t- a 10, 13 and a 13, 16. Well, leaving Latvia... Oh, no, 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 sorry. Leaving the first Italy, which was Fienza 1, they were three points apart. So well, at that it was, like, very exciting. I wonder, because one of those races, Viao had a problem with the bike, where he picked up seven points. Yeah, he did and... have a problem with the bike in the end. What was it? You just thought you did. Oh, okay. So, um, but that was a massive turning point. That the fact that Biao had, a, you know, something unlike him, a bad moto, and where we expected Gertz to literally take advantage of that whole situation, he had one of his worst GPs. So I reckon that, do you think, I think that might have affected him mentally. No, because it was done by that point, really. No, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't. That, 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 that race was basically the one where he was really, really close in points. They weren't that far. They weren't that different in points. And it was... Um, they were 20 to 30 points apart. I mean, he could have made it up yet, but he was, if they weren't close, close as in what they were before, like basically tied. Yeah, that was a big, that was a big missed opportunity, especially if Gertz had won. Well, yeah, he could he could have called it back, but it was just I I personally feel like it was already gone on that point. Yeah, um, yeah, I I, I got I got to be honest, I don't think anybody really that underperformed or anything or was a disappointment in in MX two. It's a bit of a weird one. Both claps all round. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you got Rubini in tenth and Usland in eleventh, and then you start looking at the people in front of them. It's great riders. Ferrato, did we expect a bit more from Ferrato? No, I, no. Um, actually, let's talk about this. Um, so Ferrato's going to Gas Gas. Yeah. Do you think, what, what does he do next year? What's his ceiling, results-wise? What, on a factory Gas Gas bike? It's not factory. So it's just Gas Gas? It's just Gas Gas. But good Gas, it's, it's not a privateer, is it? It's, well, but this is the whole thing, isn't it? It's that recency um, debate which comes in because... And I was never... I've never been on this, but you have. Well, I have because I, I'm thinking about Valkensvard. Was that last year? 
2019. Yeah, almost two years ago now. Yeah, in, in where where he looked really, really good. A few GPs, you know, we were rave. Well, I was raving about him. A lot of people were raving about him. And um, Balkan Squad 2019, he went 14-7. Yeah, but it's some it, majority. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, my mistake, 12-7. Yeah, majority of that motor, though, he was third, I think, if you look at the laps. Well, somehow he went 12-7 for seventh overall, which is, like, bizarre. And no, he wasn't third. In that race, he was, he was top, top, top six easy until he, he made a couple of mistakes. Um, I can confirm that at no point was he in the top six. Okay, maybe it was qualifying race then. <laughs> Let's look at the qualifying race. <laughs> I, all I, I can remember, I don't know what stuck out of that GP, but that GP, he looked really good. Qualifying race, his highest position was 11. I don't know, Dan. I must have been on fucking drugs. <laughs> so maybe you've just... So, um, has all of your Ferrato hype been for no reason? Yeah, you maybe. Like you were believing a lie? No, I can't, I can't think. I mean, my memory's absolutely shit, but... Um, there must have been. What was the what was the race before? Uh, what was the race oh, before? Um, I don't think he would. Have done it was it was Matley. Uh, he did not compete. I'm sorry. I feel like I've I've rocked your world. Yeah, you have. You're just a, you're just a, not a nice person. Just here to just torment me. It's not. I was merely trying to back up your argument. That could have gone the way of. That could have gone the way of. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just. I'm. I'm now looking. I'm looking for results now because. No, it's fine. We've we've got to move on. But answer my question. What do you think is like? Do you think he can be on the podium next year? No. What? What Frato? Yeah, you have been. You were saying he could be on the podium this year. No, because this is this. Yeah. No, it's that recency bias we, we talked about. It's after watching this year, it's going to take a, a, something massive in the off-season. And I don't know whether it's bike, package, confidence or whatever, but it's going it's to take a lot. And, and that's no, no disrespect to Albi Ferrato. That's just um, the depth of that class. So I was right. Oh, fucking... Is this show about you being right? No, I'm just wondering if you're conceding. And coming out. That's yeah. just like one rider. No, but just on the Ferrato topic. Because I've always been a bit meh. Well, I don't like to concede that I'm wrong to you. But, um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you're right. Yeah, you, you kind of have. Um, <laughs> I, I would I would say with Frato, you know, it, the top five, great. Top ten, great. I just think the MX2 class now is just so stacked, like it really is. There's so many good riders. So whether you finish top five or top ten, that's a great result. Soft cups around. Yeah, there we go. Right, that was end of part two. A huge thank you to Technical Touch and KYB. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MX GP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork 
can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Seaway and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB dash factory dash kit dash suspension dash info for more information. That was end of part two. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 51 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Thank you to everybody who uh, continues to tune in, listen to uh, the podcast show. I moan about it, but actually uh, it is good fun doing it and it gives me a chance to catch up with Lewis uh, once a week, which is kind of weird because we're kind of catching up as uh, we're doing the show. Um, it's always a little bit frustrating when we, we do know the news. We want to tell you guys the news and when we hear it and we, we want to pull it out, but we have to, uh, we have to wait for the PRs. Uh, the Guadagini thing, like we said, we talked about, we, we were sat on for two months. Um, we know quite a lot what sort of goes on, but the reason why we know a lot what goes on is because people trust us with the information and that we're not going not gonna to pull it straight out. So, um, yeah, but it's always, always good to, uh, to keep you guys in the loop of what's going on. We'll kind of always give little hints and stuff to the, to the point where we're not giving it away too much. Big thanks to Fly Racing, Liat Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. Those guys are the guys that support the show. Um, and when I say support the show, they, these are the guys that are actually paying uh, to have advertising on the show. So anything that you can do to support them, even by if you're not buying the products because you're, you're a retired racer or whatever, and even if you can go on and like their social media, share some of their social media, that helps us. 
So it's something as small as that 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 actually helps support what we're trying to do by working with with these uh, these fantastic brands which get behind and, and kind of they understand where we're going and what we're trying to do and they want to be part of it. So you know, fly racing they got the new Formula helmet. The Liat, what's the the new Liat helmet? What's what's come out, Lewis? Is it nine? Sorry, what's it? Nine point five. 9.5 with the free goggles and the, and the, the bag. Again, I've been talking about, you know, you buy a 500 pound pair of Alpine star boots and you just get a cardboard box. Liat go in the extra, extra way with giving you the helmet bag, the extra pair of goggles. Fantastic to see planet motor holidays. Um, if you're looking for your winter break, great place to go. Uh, Prox racing parts. These parts are pretty much, uh, they produce a lot of the, the parts from a lot of the manufacturers. Um, they work for the Pro Circuit. Uh, Pro Circuit use, uh, uh, Pro Circuit Kawasaki use them in America, uh, as well as majority of the MXGP paddock. Uh, fantastic parts, available in even strokes. Technical Touch, great company, as you know. Suspension specialists also distribute quite a few parts in, the, in, the, in and around Europe. Great company. Hinson, one of the best clutches out there, if not the best clutch. Uh, fantastic bit of kit. We'll be going on the factory Kawasaki of James Burfield soon. Uh, KYB, uh, again, we've already talked about technical touch and suspension. Absolutely fantastic having these guys on board. Even Strokes, which is the shop which supports us. Yoko Europe, fantastic clothing. Great to see them. Banks back from, uh, from being around in the 80s and 90s and dominating with some of the, the world's best riders. Crossbox, which is uh, your, all the information which you need to find out about uh, your ride-in, your lap times. Uh, think of Lip Pro and then think of Lip Pro on steroids. Crossbox is a fantastic company based out of uh, Germany, uh, and it's really, really cool. We've actually got one of the boxes here. At a lockdown, we're going to try and get some riders to, to utilize it, and we'll get back with some uh, more information. And then the guys which have been with us for, for over 10 years, Talon Engineering, easily the best wheels in the world for motocross. They do two different types, which is the Pro Billet and uh, obviously the Evo. The Evo is a nice entry wheel if you're looking to upgrade from your standard wheels. And then they also offer the Pro Billets, which uh, can come with the, the ACR or the XL uh, rim with the Talon hub. Big thanks to those guys. Without those guys, you know, we wouldn't be here. So without further ado, it is Liat. Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Did you know that Liat neck brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know that is highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. Remember, Liat can now cater to your needs with helmets, goggles, gear, and boots. Everything you need can be found at Liat. Buy a new 9.5 carbon helmet and get a free set of Liat goggles. And don't forget your, your helmet case as well. So, Lewis, not too many questions this week, but I guess we're going to expect that because of, uh, we're off-season. Yeah, I'm not enjoying the off-season, as mentioned, but no. I know, I know. And um, therapy will resume soon to give, support you through this dark period of your life which we get to every year i actually thought the off season would be quite good this year because obviously like if this was a normal year the off season would have started uh almost two months ago but yeah to be fair you've got it quite well quite quite good this year because it's like six oh, no, if i can't go to america then it's the longest off season ever 
no, I, I don't think us or anybody, we, we will start a campaign because we, we can't cope with the press, Lewis, in January. I don't know whether to try to do this Mexico thing. I'm just going to send you to Mexico if, if all else fails. At least you might have sex. Um, first question from at KevinC430. Who do you believe right now has had the better career, Geyser or Herlins? I feel like this is a question designed to trip people up or me up or you up because Ooh. is the answer not obvious? But I feel like someone, someone somewhere will argue it. But they've both got the same number of world titles. So, but Herlins has got more GP wins and more podiums. So, Herlins, no? Like, is that not obvious? I feel like it's a low, I feel like they're saying I'm missing. Like someone's going to have an argument for that that I've not thought of. But Herlins has won the Nations as well. Guys are out like, Herlins is the obvious choice, no? I don't think guys is ever going to win the Nations. Well, no, obviously not. But that's why I'm just using that as another, like, <laughs> yeah. like... I feel like it's an obvious answer, but I feel like it's a question designed to start an argument. Yeah. Maybe, maybe at the 2021 Monster Energy Cup, they can have a career uh, one versus one. That's a random thing for you to come out with. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I guess at the moment, I mean, Geyser is a close second, but Herlins, I think. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying that Herlins is like has much far away had a better career, but all the numbers point to Herlins. If you're going to compare the two's career as a whole, obviously, I guess someone would argue Geyser's had um, three MXGP titles, whereas uh, Herlins has had three MX two. But a title's a title, I guess. Absolutely. That's a world title at the end of the day. It's yeah. a medal. But there's not much separating them at the moment. No. No, guys, de- that question is definitely more of a question now than it would have been 12 months ago. Yeah. Him securing that fourth title was, was a biggie. Um, at Leaford, do you see Red Bull KTM ever splitting from De Carly and, uh, after Caroli retires? Good question. I was wondering this the other day, but... With them now having Prado and Guadagnini, I guess not because they are kind of farming KGM's next generation. And also Claudio Carli's son, David, or Davide, Davide? Davide, Italian. Um, uh, he is like heavily, heavily involved now. So I guess he will eventually take over the Ducali team once Claudio and Antonio are both gone. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I, I think it will stick around forever. Like that relationship has actually dates back, well, ten years now. So they've been in bed together for a very long time. Not literally. So that away. Um, at Aford, uh, sorry, A Ford, two three eight. Uh, great question. Any Horgmo twenty twenty one news? No, I heard that he might be doing his own thing, but not from him. I need to message him, but. I heard that he might be doing his own sort of thing, little thing, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. One of the things I thought was going to happen seems to now not be happening, I think. But I haven't spoken to him since Trentino, so I will find out for next show. Okay. Okay, that's, that's, uh, that's good news. Um, anything that's positive and sees him on a, a bit of a better bike and stuff like that, that would be great. Although, if Rubini isn't going to... I mean, Horgmo's not going to be back at Marchetti. That's a fact. But the rumour was that Rubini was going to go to Marchetti. So if Rubini isn't actually going there and is staying with Asimota, I wonder who Marchetti will get as their MX2 rider. 
Hmm. They've got Lupino in MXGP, obviously. Yeah, good point. Like, there's no one else really left, unless I think they offered Malkovich a deal, but I don't think it was a good enough deal. It, and that was based on him not being able to basically live that it's sort of deal. Money, basically. Yeah. Food. Yeah, which isn't great. At bar 411 underscore, if Vial wins again next, do you see him being ready to race a 450? Do you know if he has entertained the idea of riding in the US? I don't, I don't think at the moment there's anyone who's really looking to go to America. And I don't know why, and some websites will tell you it's because America's not as good. I, 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 don't, I just don't think anyone's really on that at the moment. But to be honest, we haven't really had uh, Ferrandis, uh, Roxon level. I mean, putting those in the same group is weird, but you get what I mean. Like, Vial is now at that level, but two years ago, if Vial had come out and gone, yeah, I want to go to America, it would have been so unrealistic because <laughs> yeah. like, who are you? Yeah. So I guess that's why we haven't heard of it. Similar with Beniston. Like, Beniston is now recognized as a great talent, but that's only recently. So it was almost unrealistic for these riders to dream of America until now. And now is almost too late. Yeah, well, it, I guess it depends on um, on what they could do. I mean, the, the Italian and French riders have obviously got a, a little bit more equipped to go to Supercross uh, or go to America um, because they have that Supercross background because majority of them have grown up um, doing the series throughout their youth careers, haven't they? Yeah. But again, like you never saw the Vials or the Benesons doing uh, Bercy on a in the EMX, whatever they called a SX2 class. Like, whereas you always saw like these other riders, like Ferrandis would turn up at Bercy and race a CLS Kawasaki just because he wanted to do Supercross. Like you don't really see that with anyone at the moment. I wonder if uh, if Paris was going ahead this year, we would have seen. Uh, those guys actually, you know, doing um, Paris. No, I highly doubt it. No? They would have brought Viao out on a pickup truck and opening ceremonies and given him a medal or something for his world title, but that would have been it. Isn't it weird? I, don't really, I can't even really imagine Paris, like... It, it feels like we're so far removed now from races like that happening. I can't even... It seems just surreal, like, to think of this race in France but it's with a packed stadium and Americans there and everything like it just doesn't feel like stuff like that's real anymore I actually miss Paris this year because we did have good fun on the lime scooters and um, uh, getting food and going out and hanging out that was quite cool last year it's a good chance to catch up for a Brussel yeah and also Paris is a good that that location of that new stadium I think it's a good event to hit up if you want to do a different get a different type of experience yeah, 100%. If, um, if, if you're looking for something to tick off your bucket list next year, then try and, try and uh, squeeze Paris in there next year. It's definitely... Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really good. Um, so yeah, definitely get that one on the list. At Kyle16Richards, uh, Joel Rizzi to 114 came as a little uh, out of the left field. Do you think the step up to MX2 is the right decision at this point in his career? And how do you think he will do? Either way, this is great news for British MX. It's the right decision if he has a multi-year deal. Because that gives him the comfort to take things slow and properly sponge it all in. Um, I don't know how he'll do. 
what, top 15 on occasion? Is that realistic? Is that like the goal, like to break into the top 15 at points? I think, uh, I, I have no idea what, what Joel Rizzi um, or 114's expectations are for him. But uh, just basing on, um, you know, what he's done previously at, at that type of level, then I think if he finishes top 15, that's a, that's a fantastic result. I think that should be the goal. On like not top fifteen every race because that's unrealistic. But a top fifteen, be in that top like just get there a bit on on occasion when there's a, when things go well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I I'm just kind of thinking that if he can score points in his first year, that's a that's a great result. Yeah, and that I'm sure people are like, oh, that's mental. Um, that's that's crazy because. He's on Honda 114 Motorsports, one of the best teams in MX2. But um, it was only last year that 114 had Zach Pichon, and he wasn't, like, killing it. He, he only scored points at, in both motos at a GP five times. So it's not like Honda, it's not like 114 have a history of having two banger like top tier riders under a tent no the other thing as well again we i say uh perspective is that you've got vial gertz renault beaton van moustike muse hernandez rubini gifting guarami Vassen, orato lesiardo orgmo harrop um then you've got Benestant coming into you. You've got Guadagini uh, coming into it as well. Uh, you've got Hoffa coming back. You've got uh, Wilson Todd. You've got Lagenfelder. You know, you, when you start listing off these names and the experience they've got, then, you, you've, then you've got to think that Joel Rizzi getting into a top 20 is a bloody good result. Yeah. It's just right. he, you, people you, 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 the ride he's got. So I will fully expect he will get some shit for his results next year, but he has to kind of be confident enough in his position to accept it's a learning year. There's going to be some bad times. There's going to be some struggles. People might say stuff, but it's fine. Like, just remain calm. Stay calm. What was Tommy Searle's first year in MX2 like? Uh, probably not best to do that comparison. <laughs> Okay. Um, Unless you want Rizzy to get two podiums. Okay, there we go. At Chris United 93, who's a dark horse in each class? Um, so we know, you know, last week we were talking about how uh, I need to pick a new bandwagon to get on and someone new and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I thought I, that, actually, that question stuck with me all of last week. Um, and I've got one. Not that I think this person's going to win a world title or anything like that, but um, my bet is Jonas will surprise people. I don't know. I don't want to be too specific with it because I'm not sure what that will look like, but my bet is that Jonas is going to kill it. Okay. Like multiple podiums. We'll say that. Jonas will get multiple podiums and remind everyone of who Jonas is. Because let's be honest, no one's talking about him. No. Like, he's forgot, he is the forgotten talent at the moment, and kind of rightfully so. 
because at the end of the day, by the time we get to Oman, um, he wouldn't have raced for a year. Oman. Yeah, well, that is like the last time he raced was Vulcanswad. So, but when we do get to, um, oh man, it will have been a year, or even when we get to the preseason internationals. So it might even be a slow start because of that. But my bet is that he does really, really well, like kills it. So you think your dark horse for next year is uh, is Jonas? Yeah, one hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'm I'm claiming that now because a lot of as we get closer and people start to remember him, a lot of people are going to claim that. I claiming it now. Okay. Jonas, multiple podiums. Okay. Maybe and what about, what about MX two? I don't know. MX two needs a bit of a shot in the arm. What do you mean? I don't know. Like. I just what I just feel like MX2 is a lot of unknowns now. Like obviously we know what Vial we know Vial's not an unknown, but also that's not he he hasn't been. Um, we know Vial's not an unknown now, but he's only been around for two years. Like now that we've lost Olsen and Watson, we've kind of lost. I don't really know how to explain it. I almost want to say the history of the MX2 class, but not that. Like we've kind of got a a very new group of talent. I guess that's the way to put it. Your Fernandez is like even Gertz, Gertz and Vial haven't been around for that long. Beaton hasn't been around for that long. Renault hasn't been around for that long. Moose fresh still. Like, you get what I mean? Like, whereas we could, like, coming into this year, we were saying, uh, we don't know what Vial's going to do. We don't know what Gertz is going to do. But we were saying, we know Olsen will be consistent. And we know because we had that, we knew what Olsen could bring. We don't really have that with MX2 now. We've got, we know what Vial can do. And we have a we can form an idea of what Gertz will do based on this year, but it's still early to kind of like Gertz could come out and be a completely different guy next year because we're that early on in the process. Yeah, MXGP for me is is a little bit more um, difficult on the on the dark horse. Am I allowed to say Olsen is a dark horse? Yeah, for sure, because I didn't even consider him. Okay, so I, I would definitely say Olsen then. Um, again, I can see him having. Uh, quite a few podiums and really shocking a few people. Quite a few podiums. What 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 are we talking with? Quite a few because that to me, quite a few means five or six. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely say really? five or six. Yeah. Well, yeah. when I said Jonas would get multiple, I meant two, three, or four. What multiple? Multiple is in my multiple is two, three, or four. But I that's what I meant with Jonas. He'll get two. Oh, to okay. Four well, I'll go with multiple. Sorry, I didn't realize quite a few would be more than multiple. Yeah, quite a few. Quite a few is like going, you are going far with quite a few. Well, a few is like two or three, isn't it? So quite a few would be like... Five or six. Like that. Yeah. Okay, and MX2, I think Buarami is going to be there or thereabouts next year. Crazy, crazy to say, and I know a lot of people probably won't agree with it, but I do think he will be in the mix. Wait, in the mix for top three. Uh, top three, as in top three in a championship, okay. like pushing, pushing um, uh, Vial and Gertz. Do you think he'll be in the mix for the title? Uh, I think he'll be a, a. I think he'll be little. No, I don't know. Well, you just said he'd be pushing Vial and Gertz. Yeah, yeah, he'll be he'll be he'll be there for the title. Okay. Um, I'd like to thank you for your service across 51 episodes, but unfortunately you've now been relinquished of your duties as host. That's absolutely fine. That's 
that's my that's my reward. I think that I think that might be the most outlandish statement you've come out with. Really? I'm a big believer. I think he's going to shock you. Effectively, you're saying Brian May is going to be better than Moustache. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise no, me. No, no, no. You, I'm sorry. Thank you for your service. I'm, I'm, I think you are now detrimental to the podcast show. <laughs> you're detrimental to me. Um, okay, let's swiftly move on there because you really don't like that answer. Um, pushing for the title is bold. Who's like at least one Emoto now? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I had like four podiums in his career. I'm a believer. You're a bra, bra lever. Yeah, I'm a bra ram lever. Um, uh, at Jack L. Hyde, what bike will LP ride at the MX Vice Ride Day? KX250 or KLX110? We have got to make this MX Vice Ride Day happen. I think it's going to be bigger than a GP. I wanted to put this in for a reason. Oh, okay. I don't think we should do an MX Fast Ride Day because I think you're doing the podcast listeners a disservice because um, we have a lot of listeners from other countries. So a UK Ride Day, you're just having a lot. You're just leaving a lot of people out. Well, true. Yeah, maybe we like, have to have multiple ride days. Like Jack L. Hyde, I'm pretty sure is German. Yeah, so we, we we're going to need a German you're ride day. Doing a lot. I feel like it's unfair bias. You're screwing a lot of people over. Like or, we've got given that, that flights are like a tenner, why don't we just like pay for a load of flights for our listeners and um, we get some better breakfasts. They can come and uh, watch a podcast show and everything else and we'll make a whole uh, weekend of it. Mm, uh, you'll have to submit that bu- budget application to me and I'll, I'll review it. Okay, I've overruled it and uh, I'm going to go for it. Actually, I'm going to take out one of your GPs to Russia and put that money into an MX Vice ride day. I don't know. I know I was said I was out on Russia, but I might go to Agora Drive now. And then well, still go to like... To, for people that don't know, going to Russia is a pain in the ass for people from England. Like, it turns out that if you live in Belgium or anywhere in mainland Europe, you basically go to Russia as if you're just going to any other yeah, country. Do, do you know why it's so difficult? Because the UK government are just absolute fucking tools, and they're always fighting or squabbling with somebody, and this time it's back in Russia. So it's like there's like lots of diplomatic issues going on at the moment between the UK and Russia. Um, so beyond our control, there's dicks up in Parliament which are making it harder for us to go to, uh, to GPs or other countries. Well, it's like you we effectively have each of us have to go to we have to pay like three hundred quid or whatever it is. Go to the embassy in London and do an interview, and I ain't that good under pressure. I ain't, I'll crack. Like, Lewis, what are you doing in Russia? I don't know, to be honest. Who knows? I'm going there to cover a race, but it could go south. I may end up transporting drugs. <laughs> I'd love to be one of those interviews. It would just be hilarious to just watch you unfold. Uh, who know, like, I, I feel like the interview is a risky process, especially like, oh, oh, Lewis, did you get the visa? No. Oh, so the 300 quid just went down the drain. Yeah. Yeah. I told them that um, there's probably a good chance that I'm going to, um, take cocaine and, and hang out with hookers. Probably people trafficking. Yeah, I, I need to look into it. I, I'll, I, like I say, I'm booking all of my 2021 GP stuff this weekend, so I'm actually going to price up the pain of going to Russia and see what the situation is. Okay. Well, at Klutzy, 
I wonder what are the odds are of Guadagini becoming world champion in a couple of years. High. High, Klutzy. I don't High. Know, you've got to think, though. People like Gertz and Vial are now going to be, could now be around for a while. Well, Vial could be around for another year, mate. Yeah, but that's why I said could. But like, that's what I mean. One of them will be because if Gertz wins the title next year, they'll both be around. And if like, you get what I mean? So like, it's not like before where um, like Prado won one title, but you were pretty certain he would be gone like soon. Like uh, Geyser, like, yeah, he was gone soon. Like, you know what I mean? Like we could have this, this, I've said it before, this MX2 class could be the MX2 class for quite a while. Which isn't a bad thing. No, not at all. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying like that. It's easier to make it like it's not like you would say, yeah, Guadagnini could just he'll just he'll improve for the next two years. Then everyone else would have left the class, and he'll end up being the number one guy. Like in three years, he could still be battling the same riders. So he has to get to a position where he can overcome the Gert. He could do, but let's face it. Anybody on a Red Bull KTM has got a bloody good chance. Well, ah. Uh, do I want to make a joke? Will the person find it funny? Go on, do it. I don't know. Do it. All right. Full disclaimer, because I'm only saying this because I know Tommy listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to get some shit for that one. Oh. <laughs> oh, he's gonna be pissed at you. No, I, just, I immediately thought I tried I, as soon as you said that, I immediately started thinking of riders who were on Red Bull KTM in MX2 who didn't win a title. And then I immediately thought of Tommy's second places. Brilliant. Who uh, else now that you mention it, who like Tixier won? I'm trying to think who else would have been on the team. Like Hermans was his teammate. Who else did they have in MX2 who who didn't actually win a title for them? There would have been loads of riders, surely. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, there's loads of this point in this discussion. Van Horbit, others. There you go, then. So you can dug yourself out of a grave on that one. Okay, at Kogel55, what about the rumours that Suzuki is going to stop building bikes? I've not heard it. I haven't heard that. I heard that they've separated the bike and the marine um, department in America. Um, yeah, we're not positive. Yeah, I, I've not heard anything about um, bikes. However, we definitely know that um, Suzuki aren't doing pretty much, they're doing nothing on support for riders or anything, are they? No, I don't know if I can say. I could say that a rider who has a relationship with Suzuki asked Suzuki Japan for bikes for next year and no money, just bikes, and they weren't interested, which is not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. Like, if they can't even, like, that's, we're not even talking money at that point. We're talking about just a couple of bikes. And they're like, nah. So. Yeah, that's a shitter. Um, yeah. So I haven't, I haven't heard anything to say that Suzuki's going to stop building bikes, but it wouldn't be a shocker, would it? I've given up on Suzuki. Yeah. I, I to be honest, like, four years ago, that question would have been like, really? No way. At this point, who cares? Like, yeah. Maybe they will. Yeah. Wouldn't rule it out. Uh, at Leverett, what do I win for getting my first ever round win at the last round of Fantasy Manager? I, we had, so the situation with MX Manager is there was a fault or a little anomaly 
in the points for the MXGP, uh, not for the, for the overall MX manager overall standings. Fuck's sake, Lewis. Um, so I spent two days last week. It was really fun uh, going through the points to figure out what this anomaly was because it was a real like it was an odd thing that really wasn't easy to figure out. I figured it out. So the final standings are now updated. So that's now done. My next job is to sort out the prizes. So everyone who's won this year will be getting an uh, email from me, uh, probably this week, if I can be asked. Maybe next week. Um, Bit of a shout out there, Liz. <laughs> I know. I said that on purpose. I thought it was funny. Um, but additionally, with some of the prizes that are provided by companies, I need to check in with them and see if they're still able to do it. Like, basically, before GP started again, we checked in with all the companies and the company said yes blah 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 it's cool still i now need to check in again because obviously covid has gone i think i don't think anyone thought covid would still be a thing now um and make sure they're still good but if they if some people say they can't they're not able to we'll find substitutes and basically mx manager this year has been a pain in my ass and it's just been a pain in my ass really like it's and not worse and worst case scenario whatever happens even strokes will step in and do prizes. So no one's going to miss out on anything. We'll, everybody will um, get what they, they should have got. Even strokes will we'll back that up. It's not, that's not an issue. The problem what we got is the world is just a little bit crazy at the moment. For instance, there's a lot of manufacturers out there next year which, A, don't have enough bikes to get to dealers because of manufacturing issues, uh, and B, uh, whether getting the, the, the bikes to dealers, they haven't even got enough bikes to support teams and riders. So there's a there's a few issues out there in in the world at the moment, and um, unfortunately, MX Manager is not top of the list of of priorities for for some people, which is unfortunate. But whatever happens, even strokes will step in, and um, the prizes will be awesome. But um, yeah, so the plan is to bring MX Manager back for next year. However, as I think I've mentioned on here, or maybe I didn't, I want to completely change it. So if anyone has any ideas on format or I am more than happy to throw it all out and start again. So, which James probably... And we we also discussed... I, 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 I kind of think, do you know what? If MX Manager needs a bit of a shake-up, let's, let's shake it up. It's, it's had the same format, I think, since 2012. Yeah, but like two years ago, I suggested changing the format and you were very emotional. Yeah, but I'm, I'm happy with that now. I'm, ha- I, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm there. I'm... I'm happy. You, 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 you take MX Manager as long as the listeners are happy with the way that you're taking it. That, that's absolutely fine. I'm kind of letting my, uh, letting my um, foot off the brake now, and you're you're kind of running with it. One of the angriest I think you've ever been with me is when I suggested I wanted to change the MX Manager format. Yeah, because it was a stupid idea what you came up with. No, because I didn't come up with an idea at that point. This is two years ago. Yeah, but it, times times change and times evolve, don't they? So I think it's 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 time for it to evolve. The um the one thing which I'm focused on is actually producing um uh, a better infrastructure. So you can do whatever you want with the game, and as long as people are happy with what you're doing with the game, I want to make sure that the way they play MX Manager is the best. So that's that's kind of what I'm more concerned about. The other thing as well is with every company or not every company, but for some reason, like a free bike now seems to be like what you can get every day uh, somewhere. So we are going to look at um, maybe more experience packages. I mean, the experience packages we had this year were obviously forwarded by 
um, COVID. But I think we're going to look at sort of prizes which you can't really buy. So um, pay for someone's flights to a GP and then they can hang out with me for a weekend. That is the shittest prize ever. <laughs> I mean, basically what you'll do is you'll sit in a press room for eight hours, then you'll go to McDonald's and then you go to bed and then do it with an, like, that's not a prize. That's a punishment. Oh. You'd be like, oh, let's go out with fun time Lewis. Lewis, where are we going tonight? Oh, well, uh, we're going to go to McDonald's and then we're going to go back home. You have said that part of the reason you don't go to as many GPs now is because I do not make it fun. It is not fun. It is not fun. Ah. Oh. Let's go out, let's go out and get a, a meal. Mm, I don't know if I've got time for that. Oh, can I take my laptop? That's, that's it. It's, it's, it's boring as shit. One thing I would be interested to know is if the fans and the people of the world... Can European... You know how every single fantasy website in America does, like for all sports does handicaps? I don't know if Europe is ready for that. But also, I'm not basic. I feel like that is too complicated for Europe at the moment because, like podcast, like in America, fantasy games for sports and podcasts are huge. In Europe, they haven't quite hit yet. Podcasts are now growing like mad, as we're seeing with our numbers. But I still feel like fantasy sports in Europe is still a bit. It's still a bit of a new concept that not everyone's sure on. So I don't want to make it too complicated, yeah. but I, feel like I want to make you, it more complicated than it is now. You got to tread carefully. We just need like most of the people I kind of chat and play with on on on, on Twitter and stuff. We struggle on getting our teams put in because of the Wednesday GPs. So yeah, but it's not going to be Wednesday GPs anymore, Joe. I know, but we we struggle to get our teams in. That's picking a team and putting it in, let alone doing handicaps. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, we I, are a handicap. Into it. I'm putting some thought into it. But so, anyway, I, I am open to all feedback. But yeah, we want to make, make MX Manager. We love MX Manager. It's freaking awesome. And we, yeah, you're a dick. Um, but we want to make it cool next year. Um, even Strokes are going to come on board and we're going to smash some awesome prizes through the year. We're going to get some brands that we work with. We're going to get them involved. And we're going to make it cool as fuck. So. There we go. That's our that's our statement. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just not tell James and I'll cancel it. James would be very mad if I cancelled even uh, MX Manager. Yeah, if you've done that, maybe I won't tell you and cancel you. Oh wow. Yeah. There we go. But yeah, uh, that's episode fifty-one of the MX Vice Show podcast. Uh, huge thank you. I mean, it's ridiculous how many people listen to this or listen to Lewis and myself every week. So we are super appreciative. Number five show in Latvia, uh, up two places on last week. So, oh, in more news, oh, in, on that front, we are the number forty-three sports show in Portugal now. Get in, see, we're just smashing it at the moment. So, um, hello to uh, Portugal and uh, Latvia. Uh, and also, even more surprising, we are the 112th podcast in Latvia. So out of every single podcast that exists in Latvia, we are 112th. Wow. Not just sports. No, everything. And that's including podcasts where I presume they actually speak Latvian. I think we're going to have to look at getting some t-shirts done for um, Latvia soon. I really wish that the Latvian GP promoter would get in touch with us and like pay me to promote the Latvian GP because I feel like I could do a bloody good job, couldn't I? Like, I can sell that GP like no other. We've heard it on this podcast. Well, you do love it. 
I think maybe we should we need to get Jonas on on the podcast. We might be able to reach the top three if we got Jonas on the podcast one week. I think Jonas would be confused by you. I hope so. Right, that's it. Uh, huge thank you to everyone. Big thanks to Rob from Jukebox Beats who puts this together. Lewis is going to be giving out more information on the podcast network of shows that he's going to be producing, uh, not producing or pro- providing, or I don't know what he's doing. But basically, he's going to give you some more information soon about what he's intending to do. It won't be like a cooking show or anything because he can't cook. It might be like a uh, rated McDonald's, best McDonald's in Europe out of 10 or something like that. But yeah, thanks again. Thanks for persevering through us and uh, thanks for the support. Don't forget to uh, give people like Fly Racing, Layout, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hints and KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering uh, a little bit of love. Even a social media like, share, follow, all that sort of stuff. The final part of the MX Fly show is brought to you by Talon Engineering, the industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets, teams like Rockstar Energy, who's fine factory racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC, KTM, Build Base Honda, and more put trust into the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more information, talon-eng.com. Uh, what are you up to the weekend, Lewis? At the weekend, we're in lockdown. You're not going anywhere? We're in lockdown. You're not going to go out on your bike or do some fitness? We're in lockdown. You can do fitness in lockdown. Well, gyms are closed. Yeah, but you, you could go for a walk. Oh, Have you actually gone out your house in, in a month? I don't know. I'm in lockdown. We're in lockdown. Okay. All right. Right. Say bye, Lewis. See ya. Bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. 
Go to YokoEurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show.